0: Tim, thanks for again for coming, guys. Uh, we'll just uh, not do a discussion time at the end of it. We'll just do a big group discussion if people want, or just hang out, But uh, since we're running a little late. Uh, but anyway, this is the last uh, of the Apostles' Creed. We've worked through the entire Apostles' Creed this semester, and excited to come tonight to the end of it, where we say, I believe... And the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting, and that's it. This is the hope. Like, uh, you know, we believe that there's going to come a day when uh, the dead will rise, and those that belong to Jesus uh, will rise to eternal life, and that sin and sadness and death will go away forever, and that's the hope. Uh, like. So much so that the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians write that uh, if we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Uh, You see what he's saying there? He's saying either we have this hope that the dead will rise, uh, that death isn't all there is to the story, or there's no hope at all. And let's be honest, if you look around, uh, there's not a lot of hope elsewhere, is there? Uh, We live in a unique time in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, Many people in this world live in oppressive poverty. Uh, We live in a time of great racial tension and violence. Uh, The other day, a man attacked a 65-year-old Asian woman, uh, seemingly just because of the way she looked. And no one did anything either about it. Uh, We live in a time of mass shootings where uh, it doesn't even make like front-page news anymore when there's a mass shooting. Uh, And so we live in this time where hope for the future is really at an all-time low. Uh, Suicide is at an all-time high. Uh, Not to just mention the various trials we face in our own lives day-to-day that are extremely challenging. And thankfully... um, we're not alone in this experience. Uh, things were pretty bad. We're going to look at a passage tonight uh, from the book of Revelation. And uh, John wrote the book of Revelation. And uh, things were pretty bad back then, too. Uh, the emperor of the Roman Empire at that time was Domitian, and he was responsible for one of the greatest persecutions of Christians uh, ever. Uh, Christians at this time were crucified by the thousands. Uh, They were thrown to the lions to be eaten. Uh, They were burned at the stake uh, because they would not worship the emperor. And, you know, it's kind of like, so that's the context. And it's almost like, you know, if only there could be a word from the future that tells us that our future is secure, that there's a good outcome for God's people. Uh, If only someone could come from there and reassure us. And that's really what the book of Revelation is. Uh, It's a vision of what's going on behind the scenes in the church and what is to come in the future. So we're going to look at this passage from Revelation 21, verses 1 through 6, and also a short passage from Philippians as well. So let me read it for us. Uh, This is John saying what he saw. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment." And uh, just a quick couple of verses from Philippians 3, where Paul writes, uh, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Okay, so I want you to imagine uh, that I offer a, a a summer job to two UConn students. And the summer job is in a factory that I own. And I say uh, to these two students, the first one I say, you know, there's this job I have for you. It's in this factory. The work is really hard. Uh, It's like really meticulous work. Uh, It's hard on the hands. It's assembly. You know, we we don't have a machine that can do this. So you're going to have to do it. Uh, It's really monotonous. It's just the same thing over and over again. It's really hard. And I want you to do this job. And if you do it for the whole summer, work long hours, uh, but if you do it for the whole summer, I'll pay you $2,000. And then to the second student, I give the same same spiel. I say, you know, it's this hard job. It's really tedious, monotonous, uh, but at the end of the summer, I'm going to pay you $2 million. I want you to think about uh, that experience and uh, what it would be like for these two students doing this job. And if you, if you can imagine it, they would be working together on this line. And all day, every day, there would be one student saying, you know, man, this is awful. I don't know if I can take this anymore. I don't know if I can make it through this day. While the other student, the two million student, would likely be kind of being like, you know, this is not too bad. You know, this is, and they're doing the exact same work they're having the exact same experience and the only difference uh, is that uh, what's going to happen at the end of the summer for them. Uh, For one person, what's going to happen is not so great and for the other person, what's going to happen is amazing. Um, It's crucial for living the Christian life that we know where we're headed, uh, that we know what the end will be. Uh, Where are we headed? We're headed. to where Jesus says, I'm making all things new. Like that's what he says. He says, I'm making all things things new. And so as we think about this idea of the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting that we believe as Christians, I just want us to think of the new things. I want us to think of the new body. We're gonna have a new body, we're gonna have a new home, and a new love. So those three things. First of all, a new body. Uh, The resurrection of the body is what we believe. Uh, Easter is coming up, which is great because this is where we celebrate it. And, you know, growing up, I didn't really understand why Easter was like, I get that the Jesus's resurrection is a big deal. I got that. But, you know, why is it a big deal for me? And if you were here earlier in the semester, we actually talked about this. We talked about how the big deal with the resurrection of Jesus Is that what it means is that those who belong to Jesus will also one day rise in the same way that he did uh, from the dead. Uh, That we will have renewed bodies just like his was after his resurrection. uh, Which is a really big deal. Some of you have bodies that seem to be working relatively fine, and you might not feel your need for this that much. Uh, But I know many of you have bodies that really need to be fixed. And start working the way they're supposed to. And the good news is it's coming. Uh, for those that belong to Jesus, our bodies will become like his body is now. And did you know Jesus right now exists within a human body? Like it's a glorified body. So not only is everything like working right, but it's just Better. it's the way it was always supposed to be it's way better than ours uh, yet it's still a body like after he, he rises from the dead in those accounts like he still eats food uh, he still holds his loved ones with his actual body uh, he also seems to have some abilities that uh, our bodies currently don't have you know like we have five senses now uh, maybe we'll have 500 senses then we're not sure but Uh, What we know is that uh, what God is about is the body rising, the bodily resurrection, because bodies matter to God. God created bodies. He wanted us to have bodies. The physical matters to God. He made a physical world. He said it was good. Uh, This is why we believe, you know, food is good. Everything that God made is good. Uh, Alcohol is good. Sex is good because God made them. He made them with limitations that were meant to follow, but uh, they're nevertheless good. Uh, What you do with your body matters to God because he cares about the physical uh, because your body is part of who you are. Uh, We live in a time where the notion is kind of like soul and body. And, you know, um, we kind of think of them as distinct from each other. And really, it was never supposed to be that way. Uh, Who we are is like a soul body nexus. That's what God created us uh, to be. And so what that means is that our future is not a disembodied existence, but a bodily existence, uh, which is why death is so bad. My uh, death is so awful and unnatural because when we see our loved ones dead uh, it's just such so, such a far cry from what it was supposed to be uh, that was never uh, supposed to happen oh, a while back, a few of us were talking about the Lion King and mufasa explaining to Simba you know, at the beginning of that movie how you know like you know it like. We just, when we die, like we become the grass and the antelope can eat us. So it's really not that bad, uh, which is horrendously wrong and untrue. Uh, Dying is awful. Like there's a reason you don't sing the circle of life at a funeral because death is actually uh, sad. It's not the way it's supposed to be. Um, And the good news is that it's going away. We're going to have a new body, a body that's incorruptible. Uh, but we're also going to have a new home, uh, the life everlasting in a new home. And when you think about, you know, where, when most Christians even think about where we'll be for eternity, they typically think of heaven. Uh, when Christians die, they go to heaven, right? And that's true. When Christians die, they go to heaven. But that is far from what our eternity will be. Uh, because when jesus comes again as we believe he will he's going to bring heaven to earth uh, i hope you noticed in that revelation passage that it's a picture of a city coming down from heaven it's a picture of a renewed earth uh, where everything is the way it's supposed to be uh, this is so much different than floating around on a cloud playing a harp uh, that used to always bum me out when i was a kid. I was, when The picture of heaven I got was like that because I was like that seems really lame and i don't know if i want to go there uh but this is at the picture of heaven the new heaven and new earth uh, that we see portrayed in scripture is that uh it's this earth but a renewed form of it uh where we will continue to live life the way it was meant to be lived which means that we will work still but the work will be good and we'll enjoy it and we'll still run and we'll eat and we'll dance and we'll swim and we'll do all the other great things uh, that we were meant to do. Uh, And meanwhile, there will be no death. There will be no viruses. There will be no hunger. Uh, People will not hurt each other. Uh, There will be no family drama. There will be no dumb politics. Uh, There will be no abuse or harm of people of any kind. Uh, This is where life is heading uh, for us and if you're captured by this vision that's from the bible it will change the way you live uh, today eternal life for the christian we're talking about the life everlasting and it actually begins the moment we believe because the moment we believe is when we get on this trajectory where the passage we just read is our finish line uh, that's where we're gonna we're on that now as we cling to jesus um and but it changes everything now too uh, i have a good friend who is really smart and he's just like a unique kind of smart uh he can speed read first of all i'm talking like he can just take a thick book and just like you know doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo. Uh, so he's a lawyer now like he went to law school and like Destroyed law school because he's so good at re- he can just read thick books in like five minutes and retain it all. Uh, just a really like amazing intellect and guy. And uh, you might wonder what he's doing now. Well, what did he do after law school? He did well in law school. Had a lot of options, uh, so he became a lawyer in Atlanta. And he decided to live in a suburb of Atlanta that was really not great. And it's a place where. Uh, the united nations places a lot of iraqi refugees uh, so there's all these people that were from war-torn iraq that end up there uh, not knowing what to do and so he intentionally decided that he was just going to live in this little suburb of atlanta where life is not so great uh, and help these people just live his life and help these people now he actually is on the town council and he these people just know him as like the guy who will help them with anything uh and the reason why would he do that because he's a Christian, uh, he has this vision of the future and he's working to make the world around him like it's going to be the way it's supposed to be, the way it's going to be for eternity. Um, this world is going to be renewed and be our home forever, so we might as well live like it's always going to be and like it's always meant to be. Uh, and there's all kinds of ways that we can do this from doing what my friend did uh, to simply being kind to the people we encounter because that's how life is in the kingdom, uh, by giving instead of taking. Uh, There's all these ways that we can uh, live into our new home, which is this home, just a renewed version now. Uh, But the last thing I want to talk about is a new love. So new bodies, a new home, and a new love. The best part about the passage we read in Revelation is that God himself will be with us. Uh, And what that means is we'll have our true love back. Uh, If you've ever read through the Bible, then you might know that it's actually a love story. Uh, It starts with a God who in love creates uh, his people and they're the apple of his eye. Uh, They're everything to this God. And yet uh, they turn away. And the Bible is, you could just say, it's a long story about God getting his true love back, uh, pursuing his true love and getting his true love. And, you know, our story, you know, we live in this part of the story now where, you know, we lost the one we were meant for uh, by turning from him, by sinning. And because we've lost, you know, we've turned away from him and sin. we look for fulfillment everywhere who we are as humans are people looking for a fulfillment that we have lost when we lost our true love, which is why, for instance, uh, you know how the Powerball jackpots just keep on, you know, every few every year or two, there's just like a billion dollars in the power powerball jackpot and it becomes big news and it's just like you know, do you know what that means? That means that like more money than that has been taken in by the government by people that are just desperate. To have a lot of money. Um, like that's people, people are just handing their money over with the hopes that they might be rich someday. Um, this is why pornography is a big deal. Um, you know, this is why we look at things on the internet and then later we think, like, oh, why did I do that? Um, this is why we allow school to make us miserable. Why do we do that? Because we're thirsty. We'll do anything to get some semblance of comfort. You know, later on, we think like, oh, that didn't make much sense. But in the moment, it's like I was thirsty. I needed it. Uh, It's like, do you ever go to the grocery store when you're hungry? I don't recommend it. Uh, When I go to the grocery store when I'm hungry, I end up with like an eight pack of Entenmann's donuts that I don't need and like some flaming hot Cheetos and all this food where I'm just like you know the next day I'm like why did I buy all this crap but in the moment it made so much sense because I went to the grocery store super hungry uh, and you know we make bad decisions when we're hungry and that's just us in life Uh, We make bad decisions when we're thirsty. We try to quench this thirst we have with things like money, with our career, with how we do in school, with the relationships uh, we have. And all these things just make you more thirsty in the end. Um, And so you can live for those things and stay thirsty, or you can have this. You can have... uh, what's promised behold the dwelling place of god is with man he will dwell with them and they will be his people and god himself will be with them as their god yeah you can have your tears wiped away by the one who made you you can be held by him you can have your heart healed by him I uh, heard a story about a family adopting a child. They had natural children and they were adopting a child from Uganda. And uh, they had chosen the child and they were really excited. You know, the child was, they didn't have the child yet, but the child was already a part of their family essentially because they had fall, seen pictures falling in love with this child. And then uh, the Ugandan government said, you know what? Not like we're now only adopting kids out Uh, to people who come and live here for two years first and so this family sat down they had natural kids uh biological kids i mean and uh, they all sat down and they said you know what like if one of our biological kids was like taken to uganda and we had to live there for 20 years to get them back we would And, you know, like this is the dad had a great job, you know, the great life here in America. And instead, what do they do? They move to Uganda for two years so they can take their beloved child home. Uh, That is what Jesus does. He says, you know, my children are stuck here in this place. It's not great here. Life is not great. It's a far cry from what it was meant to be. And I need so I need to come there. If I need to come there, I will. So I'll come there and I'll die there to get them back. That's the surprise of the gospel. Though we keep turning away, he still wants us. He died to secure us. Uh, He won't quit on us until this vision comes to pass. And I hope you see what John writes in Revelation, which is that to receive it, you just have to be thirsty. He says, no pay- there's no payment. You couldn't give anything to get it. He won't accept a payment. You just have to be thirsty. You have to be not satisfied with this and run home to Jesus instead. And if you do, you'll have everlasting life. You actually will live forever. That will be your story. Uh, I'm reading the Chronicles of Narnia with my daughter Margot right now and we're plowing through them and it reminded me of uh, what's C.S. Lewis in those stories, you know, it's about kids who go to uh, another world called Narnia and it's this journey that actually shows them uh, what God is like and the, and the at the end of the story there's this book called The Last Battle and the way it ends is this and it's our story too so I want to read it for us it says... Uh, And for us, this is the end of all the stories, and we can most truly say that they, the kids in the story, all lived happily ever after. But for them, it was only the beginning of the real story. All their life in this world and all their adventures in Narnia had only been the cover and the title page. Now, at last, they were beginning chapter one of the great story, which no one on earth has read which goes on forever, in which every chapter is better than the one before. You need to have that be your story, guys. Uh, If it's your story, it'll change you. Uh, I pray that it will. Let me pray. Uh, Father, help us to be captivated by this vision, this story. account of what the true story really is uh, where those who belong to you are actually headed Uh, make it our story have it change the way we live now Uh, give us hope in the midst of sadness and darkness and all that we see Uh, give us endurance uh, for life here and even uh, excitement for how we can uh, bring uh, true life into this world now Help us, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.